You're listening to the weekly podcast of a People of God Church in Jamestown, North Carolina. We pray you enjoy today's message. Good to be in the Lord's house. We don't take it for granted. We don't take for granted that we'll have another opportunity. And I don't just mean that our physical life could end. But we don't take the availability of God for granted. Because there have been people for whom the Spirit withdrew from them. They were still living as far as they were still walking around on the top of the earth. But the opportunity to access God had come and gone. So anytime you have an opportunity to come into his atmosphere, anytime you have an opportunity to access the joy of the Lord, anytime you have an access to enter his gates with thanksgiving and to enter his courts with praise, you don't want to just blow that off like, oh, I can do it again the next time. The gate might not open next time. So we just want to take a minute to, to, to be grateful and to bring to our remembrance that when the Spirit of the Lord is present, anything is possible. So whatever you're looking for, this might be the possible day for you. Because everything's not possible every day. Just like there's seasons to plant a seed and there's seasons to harvest. You can't just harvest whenever you get ready. There's a, there's a moment of harvest. There's a moment of miracles. There's a moment of healing. There's a moment of deliverance. Somebody said, well, I prayed all October and, 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 and all November and I didn't get healed. The, December might be harvest. So don't grow weary in well-doing. For we know that we will reap. How? In due season. If we faint not. Tell your neighbor, don't get tired now. We don't want to plow and plant and weed and sow and get tired right when it's time to reap. Now people are cut. The race is not to the swift, not to the fast, but to the one that what? Endures to what? To the end. We finishers at a people of God. Tell somebody, we finish. We finish. We finish. Glory to 
glory to God. We had a thing we said for years. Dr. Johnson had us saying it. It inspired us. We would always say, we win. But I think it's, it's, I think it's that's evolved today. We finish. Hallelujah. We finish. Woo! I've never heard of God disrespecting a finisher. God respects finishing. Many are called. So a lot of people start out. Ah, but everybody don't finish. That's why finishing carries such a reward. There's a thing that's called the supernatural. And I've, I've, I've always kind of had a, a, a love-hate relationship with that term because I understand what it's saying, but I also understand that, that for children of God, what's super for others is natural for us. I always struggle because when you say supernatural, it sounds like something, something special, something abnormal, something that only happens every now and then. It's supernatural. And I was even thinking about that today, and, 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 and God gave me a word I ain't never heard nobody use it before. So I'm going to use it today. It'll be in the dictionary by 2025. <laughs> I mean, every, somebody, every word, somebody said it first. He said, Tacoma, for you, what others call supernatural is natural. What you call natural is subnatural. You missed that. What they call supernatural for you is natural. You're a child of the king. You were born from above. It's natural for you to touch somebody and they get healed. It's natural for you to speak a word of authority and it come to pass. That's not supernatural. That's, look, what's natural for a person would be supernatural for a dog. If your dog came up and said, good morning, and not roof, roof. That would be supernatural for him, but good morning is natural for you. You follow me? Well, miracle signs and wonders for a person who's not a child of God, it, it would be like an animal speaking. But for a child of God, miracle signs and wonders are natural. If, if, if you don't walk in, in miracle signs and wonders, that means you're living subnatural. Sub means beneath your nature. So what we're dealing with here at the people of God is we are learning uh, the principles to access our nature. We're not trying to do something that's above us. We're just trying to be who we are. We're not trying to look up on something like a lottery. You are walking. Look, <laughs> what's lottery money for you 
is everyday money for somebody. What, 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 what's incredible for some is a way of life for others. If the next trip you took, you flew on a private jet, that might be a once in a lifetime experience for you. Some people, they ain't been on American and United in, in their whole life. So that's why I say, raise your expectations, not raise them up above you, just get them off the floor and raise them up to you. Because you and I, friends, are far more than this world has taught us to believe. We've been had. We've been took. We've been hoodwinked. We've been run amok and led astray. Once we were not a people, but now. Oh, they, they shouldn't have let us get to the but now. <laughs> they should have kept me at once. But I messed around and got to but now. <laughs> so, so the day is over for lower living for us. We've been transferred out of darkness into his wonderful light. And that light, a part of that light is a revelation of who we are and how to live like that. If Fido turned into a human being, Fido would have some stuff to learn. Well, you're a human being, but we just found that we're a child of God, but we have some stuff to learn. And that's what we're about here at a people of God. Those things, Christ referred to them as keys to the kingdom. And the New Testament refers to them as mysteries. Why are they mysteries? Why, why did God make these things so that it's not obvious? Is it to keep them from us? No, it's to hold them for us. You do know the devil is a thief. You do know if he could find your key, he would. So we're opening doors. Trust me, every time we come, a door opens. And we're going to open one for you tonight. What are the elements? What are the things that have to become a part of our life? What are the things that mark us for our natural living that others call supernatural? I want to talk about just, just, just one of them. Well, actually, I, there's four of them. I'll name them for you, but I'm, we're just going to talk about one tonight uh, because, um, just because. The burden of the Lord, the promise of the Lord, the priesthood of the Lord, and the encounter of the Lord. 
put those four together and your God nature is working in your life. The burden of the Lord, the promise of the Lord, the priesthood of the Lord, and the encounter of the Lord. Tonight we're just going to talk about the burden of the Lord. Ask your neighbor, what's your burden? Let me, can, can I tell you something? If God hasn't given you a burden, uh, you're not very useful to him. If God hasn't given you a burden, you're not very useful to him. And I, I, I hope it's some amens tonight, but it might not be because this, this is not the part of the gospel that's, you know, that's on TV. The burden of the Lord. Somebody said, I don't want no burdens. You know, I'm, I'm praying, I'm asking God to free me up. I'm asking God to to cut me loose. I'm, I'm, I'm asking God to, 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 to make my life easy. But the scriptures teach us that if you don't have a burden from the Lord, <laughs> maybe it's because he don't trust you yet. I don't know. Tonight, when we finish here in about 16 minutes, we're going to pray for the burden of the Lord. I said, we're going to pray for a burden? Yes. Hallelujah. Let's, let's, I, 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 I want, we're going to use a, a bit of an example here. I, I want to talk about a, a, a man named Moses, one of the most powerfully used by God. If anybody ever walked in his nature, which they call supernatural, it was Moses. Moses did things ain't been done before or since. Ain't nobody turned the river to blood but Moses. Ain't nobody called locusts to devour the economy of a whole nation but Moses. Ain't nobody put their finger in Pharaoh's face and lived to tell about it. But Moses. If, if, if you want an example of how to walk in the natural, some say supernatural power of God, you, other than Christ, you can't come up with one better than Moses. Now, now. Before we do, I want you. I just want you to get a Bible verse here. Malachi chapter one, verse one. Malachi is a prophet of the Lord. As a matter of fact, as far as the order of Scripture goes, he's the last of the Old Testament prophets in writing, and he begins his book by saying the burden of the word of the Lord to Israel by. Malachi. Somebody say, I, I, I just want to get a word. I came to church tonight to receive a word. 
God, what's the word for me? He sent a word to Malachi. Malachi called it what? A burden. A burden. When God gives people a burden, it's not always easy to sleep. When God gives people a burden, it's not always easy to explain to another person. Sometimes a burden makes you run left when everybody else is praying to go right. The burden of the Lord. Let's look at Moses over in Exodus chapter number 2. In Exodus chapter number 2. And then we'll probably roll right into chapter number 3. Exodus chapter number 2. We're going to start about in verse number 11. Now let me make sure you understand uh, uh, the context of this man named Moses. Alright? So Moses is born in Egypt. The children of Israel are in Egypt because there was famine in Canaan. They came to Egypt and their brother, turns out, became prime minister of the country. So he set his family up in a land called Goshen. And they were well off there. Just, just, just a note, these Israelites were not in slavery in Egypt for 400 years. They were sitting pretty for most of that time. But then the Bible says, after uh, about 400 years, there arose a Pharaoh who knew not Joseph. And he began to persecute and enslave the Israelites who now had grown from an extended family to a nation with 12 tribes. So now, as the government of Egypt begins to afflict the Israelites, now all of a sudden, they begin to cry out to the Lord. And many, many times, when you cry out to the Lord, the Lord doesn't answer you. Sometimes, he puts your burden on another person. Did you catch that? God will put the burden of your prayer on somebody else and burden them to be your answer. Let me show you what I mean. It came to pass in those, well, when Moses was grown, oh, I, I didn't get to Moses. So Moses was born under this regime of government that oppressed his people so much that there was a pharaoh who said when the babies are born the Israelite babies kill the boys keep the girls Moses parents made on, on TV it looked like a bassinet that floats and they sent it down the Nile River one of Pharaoh's daughters saw the baby floating down the river. Actually, her servant saw it, brought the baby to her, and she adopted the baby as her own. So Moses is raised in Pharaoh's, in the royal family. He got it made. 
He don't have financial problems. He got it made. He's got stats. He's not trying to come up. He is up. Moses is living the life that the Israelites are praying for. But a strange thing happens. Moses begins to get a burden for his people. A man that's already in the palace, that has access to whatever he wants, that has authority, a man that has, uh, that who, is, who, who represents the, 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 the life that others are praying for, is not content. is troubled, is bothered, is burdened. And so it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown, we're in Exodus chapter 2 now, verse number 11, that he went out to his brethren and looked at their burdens. Not his burden. It was their burden. But God has made their burden, what? His burden. Say the burden of the Lord. Went out and looked at his brethren and looked at their burdens. And then he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his brethren. Now, and, and, and he looked this way and looked that, and when he saw no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. Mo Mo Moses had no obligation to get involved. As a matter of fact, as far as, as who he is and where he is, he had obligation to look the other way. But he couldn't because he had a burden from the Lord. Do we have any more verses after that? Well, we skip down. So what happens now is, is, is Moses has to go on the run. He's committed murder. He leaves Egypt and goes and joins up with a, a family called the Midianites. I don't have time to teach you about the Midianites. Probably the next time. But Moses has to go on the run because he responded to his burden. Because responding to your burden is not always convenient. Now it happened in the process. Now we're still in chapter 2, but we're going to go down to verse number 23. That in the time that the king of Egypt died, then the children of Israel groaned because of the bondage. And they cried out, and their cry came up to God. Their prayer came up to God because of the bondage. So God heard their groaning, and then God remembered his covenant. Because you got a burden, you got a promise. It wasn't just the crying. We all been living long enough to know that God don't answer just because you cry. That's a, that's a hard lesson. 
But you, 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 you ever seen your kids start crying on purpose? Because <laughs> they think that's going to make you say yes, but that just happened to be the day that you ain't going for it. You can cry till your eyeballs fall out. But it's still no. God don't move just because you're crying. He doesn't. Get a chance, you can ask him why. I don't know why, but he doesn't. We are old enough to know that. But he heard his groaning and he remembered a promise. Add a promise to your tears. And now, God's uncomfortable. God's uncomfortable because now he, he, he got his word on it. And your situation is not matching his word. That's a challenge to his authority. What does your word mean, God, here in Egypt? So you want God to hear your groaning, but then you want God to remember his covenant. God, I know what you told me. God, I know what the scripture says. Verse 25, and God looked down upon the children of Israel and God acknowledged them. Listen very carefully in case you've been praying for something for a long time. It didn't say God said anything to them. The, 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 the narrator of Exodus is letting us know that God acknowledged them. But they don't know that God has acknowledged them. They're still crying out. They're still groaning. They're still suffering. Their tears are still falling. Even though God has acknowledged them. So let's see how God acknowledges them. Chapter 3 now. Verse 1. You know, the Bible splits in chapters, but the story doesn't split in chapters. It just keeps going. Now, Moses. Hallelujah. God acknowledged them. Now, Moses. God acknowledged them. Now, Moses. They're still crying, but now, Moses. They're still suffering, but now, Moses. They're still praying, but now, Moses. People of God, I believe each one of you is somebody's now Moses. You're somebody's, somebody's praying. But now Althea. Somebody's praying, but now Huck. Somebody's praying, but now Benita. Somebody's crying out, but now Terry. They're still praying. They're, they're, they're trying to get God's attention. 
but God has already acknowledged them because he's found a man with a burden. The answer to some prayers depend on the burden of another. And if you run from your burden, you're leaving somebody's prayer unanswered. Moses is tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he took the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, verse 3 of chapter 3, Now I will turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. Pause right there. Can I just interject a little something real fast? We, we're almost at the end. I know you don't think so, but we are. Be inquisitive of the things of God. Something that bothers me is people with no questions. Like people who don't wonder. Maybe because I, I, you know, I still have a, a, a young child in the house, and so I'm around children, and they wonder everything. What is this? What do you call that? Where does that come from? Why did you do this? Somewhere along the line, we start to think we know. And we miss encounters with God because we're not curious enough. There's a bush there that's burning that's not consumed. And Moses sees it and wonders what's up with that what's the deal with this bush huh normally when a bush is on fire it burns up this one's not burning up now I'm going to turn aside I want to see this I want to find out what this is all about I'm curious why the bush does not burn. Look at verse number four. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look. You see that? If Moses wasn't curious enough, if there wasn't something in him that wanted to know the ways of God, there wasn't something in him that recognized there's something going on here that I don't understand, but I'm interested in understanding. Who knows? This might be the end of the book of Exodus. Might not have been no Red Sea. No Pharaoh let my people go. No Ten Commandments. 
But Moses was curious enough to recognize that this is something he didn't know and he wanted to know. And when the God, Lord saw that he turned aside to look, it's then that God called to him from the midst of the bush. And we know the rest of that. Let me tell you to the book of Hebrews as we start to go towards our conclusion. In Hebrews chapter 11 now, this is the New Testament, the writer of Hebrews is reflecting on the story of Moses on the part that we just read. And he says, when Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents, by faith, because they saw that he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. Verse 24, by faith Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called. You see the burden? The son of Pharaoh's daughter. Verse 25, chapter 11, Hebrews. Choosing rather. <laughs> the burden of the Lord would make you choose rather. The burden of the Lord will make you make decisions that other people can't understand. The burden of the Lord will make you make choices that the math doesn't support. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God rather, to enjoy, rather than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. When you become, when the burden of the Lord sits down on your heart, there is no greater riches to you than to become, do your part to become the answer to that burden. There was treasures in Egypt He was already living that. But to him, now you know people call them crazy. But to him, the response to the burden, that was greater value than the riches of Egypt. The scripture uses another word for burden, but it's a nice word. It's a call. But I think we ought to get back to the word burden. Because a call of God is not like a phone call. It's not like a text. It's a wait. For he looked to the reward. Verse 27, by faith, what did he do? Forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, that's Pharaoh, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. In other words, he, he, he had his eyes on God, not on the king. He saw what was invisible to others. You know, people who have a call on their life see, see what's invisible to others. They see a possibility where other people just see a problem. All right, last scripture, Matthew. 
then we're going to pray. Matthew chapter 11, yes. Go from Hebrews 11 to Matthew 11, 28. Here's Christ talking now. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what? Anybody need a rest? You want me to show you how to get to your rest? The, 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 the place of your rest is through the doorway of your burden. And I will give you rest. Verse 29, Christ still speaking now. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Tell somebody, be curious. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Verse 30, for my yoke is easy and my... Wait, I thought you said rest. I did say rest. But the pasture of your rest is through the gate of your burden. You ought to tweet that or something. <laughs> the pasture of your rest is through the gate of your burden. And now when I say your burden, actually if we're going to be precise, it's not your burden at all. It's his burden. That's why it's light. It's not light to people who look it, but it's light to you because if it's his burden, guess who takes the ownership of carrying it? He does. He does. If it's your burden, who got to carry it? We do. But if his burden, who got to carry it? He does. Can I tell you what happened to Moses when we're about to pray? We skipped over some verses for time. But after Moses got burdened, then he went out into the wilderness of Midian. He hooked up with the priest Jethro. He got married. And then the Bible says that he um, was content in that life. In other words, he had learned to ignore his burden. But just because he forgot about it, guess who didn't get forget about it? God did. And I'm saying that now, as you stand, as he begins to pray, I think there might be somebody here who's figured out how to be content with their burden. God gives different burdens to different ones of his children. You might have a burden to reverse a curse in your family. Nobody else in your family might not, might not care, might not even know it's a curse, but you can't get rid of it. You might have a burden for the elderly in your community. just keep looking and seeing that there's not enough resources for them as they become elderly and it's just not right to you. You can't forget about it. You notice it everywhere you look. Everybody else seems fine, but for you, it's a burden.
Some people have a burden for the education of children. Some people have a burden for, 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 for financial breakthrough for people who are struggling. Some people have a burden for the health and the body image of women. Some people have a burden to just spread joy in the world through their gift. Some people have a burden for babies. And for mothers who don't have enough kids, there's as many burdens as there are people. I wonder what's your burden tonight? What has God put on you? Because let me tell you something about a burden. Many times, the answer to our prayer is married to our acceptance of our burden. Let me tell you why. Mm. I think many of you have children. Your children ever asked you something and then you responded with a two-word question? Mom, I need $25. Two words. For what? The for what matters. You got the 25. You're willing to give it. But for what? Well, because I need it. That's not going to get you the 25. Sometimes we pray to God, and you know what God asks us? For what? You know what we say? Because I need it. I repeat to you, our tears don't always equal an answer to a prayer. Sometimes the answer to the prayer is, the, is based on the response of, for what? Father, I want to be healthy in my body. For what? Father, I want to be promoted in my career. For what? Lord, I want to have financial independence. For what? You connect your prayer to your burden and watch the hand of God move in your life. You need a thy kingdom come response to the for what question. In other words, it's something of God's kingdom to help somebody. What you gonna do with your healthy body? Take bikini pictures? Well, take your picture. I ain't saying I'll take your picture, but that, but that might, that might not get your prayer answered. For Facebook, that might not, that might not be a good, you know. Don't give them that answer. You know how the kids sitting there trying to think of an answer. Think of something else. I'm about to pray for you, Lord God. I'm asking that you burden a people of God.
each one of us. Place the answer to someone's prayer on our heart. Lord, I'll never forget the first time when Michelle and I looked on Facebook and there was a, a, a post. Somebody had gotten a letter saying that their child had gotten into the point and they were praising God. Lord, let us all have the burden to be the answer to someone's prayer. And then, Lord, in a way that only you can, supply it, fortify it, <laughs> uh, overflow that answer through us. Give us a testimony like Moses. That being the answer to someone's prayer is greater than the riches of the world. Lord, get us moving. Make us not content. Nudge us into action. To take a step in this calling of yours. And as we walk, and pray and fast and move in response to the burden of the Lord. Number one, help us to shake off the burdens of the world and others that are not assigned to us. And then number two, lead us into our priesthood into our encounter and into the promises of your kingdom. In the matchless name of the one we call Jesus, he was Yeshua and prophetically he was Emmanuel, which means God with us. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please like our podcast and leave us a five-star review. God bless and have an amazing week.